1: to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for to Adams. Who's got it? DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan
0: Taylor. Touchdown. And his heart
1: touchdown. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Roadoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and my co-host as always is Sean Siegel. We are going to talk about all things week 12 of the NFL season. We're going to look ahead to how that's going to affect the rest of this season. And of course, the fantasy football championships for anyone over at the FFPC that will be kicking off this week in week 13. Some people's league formats will be slightly differing to that. I know in a couple of my leagues, I still have three or four weeks left to to make those runs to the playoffs. So depending on what format, but of course, the stuff we talk about and the players we discuss is always from... Kind of the the short medium and long-term outlook so lots to cover on today's show sean i know listeners at times probably don't want to hear about our teams but everyone likes to talk about stories of how things go from a positive and a negative perspective um for the listeners we did uh, end up going ahead and finishing top off our league and the main event in terms of um total record and strange strange (laughs) week 12 sean we went into the week leading on points we thought points was the way we were going to get we discussed it last week we thought there's not really many possibilities where we'll finish first on record uh it turned out that we got knocked off first in points and we ended up finishing first in record so a lot of things changing there we could have ended up with no firsts in either which would have been severely disappointing and it was one of our lower scoring weeks so we did have a quite a large portion of luck to actually get a win this week uh, to end up getting into that po- uh, wins predicament that we did so that was good looking forward to the playoffs now and and into the the main tournament then after that i had a couple of leagues this week sean and and we had obviously we talked about our uh kind of true i guess or extreme zero rb team that we were hoping was going to just kind of scrape its way in but missing out this week on uh, travis kelsey did hurt us and um, we we just didn't get over the line in the end up got caught towards the end and I, I had one other team where I had picked and looked at the points last week and I was like it was kind of like three teams in the running that could catch me I was in the, the last playoff spot on points interestingly enough though the team who was below that who I hadn't really accounted for didn't really pay attention to all weekend finished with 190 points uh, and bet me out by I think it was eight points in the end up so a real dark horse uh, came in and and caused me the disappointment there but these things happen we, we take the rough with the smooth i guess um but interesting week sean didn't go in terms of win losses and points scored one losses actually probably went better for me than points scored this week um lots of low scoring teams lots of single players having good performances but we'll talk about it on today's show but the two kind of big big performances of the week were Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon and obviously we've talked about the Bengals offense how we attacked that this year was through the, the wide receivers and the quarterback so each one of those four Joe Mixon touchdowns causing an extra little bit of pain for us I guess and the terms of a rampage team that didn't make the playoffs that I mentioned there the true zero RB team I think uh, if we if we could roll that back and T Higgins gets in there that was a T Higgins team with a Joe Burrow at quarterback I think we might have we might have managed to just stay in there. So uh missing out there, but a good week um all around. We we make the playoffs in a few scenarios. But how did the week play out for you?
2: Well, it was it was a rough week, right? Because
1: I was trying to play it down, it was a rough week, yeah. It's
2: <laughs> not <laughs> just getting in. I mean, getting in is the first step, but we have so many teams that are so perfectly positioned going into this week, and the two highest rostered players that I have are DeAndre Swift and Depot Samuel. And these were two of the biggest league winners going into week 12. Samuel obviously has another nice game in week 12, but exits at the very end. Colin, these teams look a lot different without Swift and Samuel. And that's all part of it, right? When we go back and, you know, you look through different things, you've got to be able to win when you have some injuries. And, you know, I, I kind of marvel at the good fortune of some of the things that have happened in the past. The team that I had that won the NFFC primetime lost Julio Jones in week five and lost Rob Gronkowski really when he was at his very height, when he was really worthy of basically a first round pick, you know, early in the first week of the three week playoff run. And so you're like, you know, how. How can you be competitive without those guys? Well, you have to have a lot of players. Now, I don't think that necessarily any of our teams, I don't think that the season has kind of developed this year exactly in a way where you're likely to have as much depth as that team had to still have so many high-scoring players. And, you know, it just comes back to the fact that, I mean, you're definitely not going to have as high a ceiling without Swift, without Samuel, the thing that we have to hope – I mean, you basically hope to get pretty lucky, right? In the semifinals and the fantasy finals, you know, somehow win those, even though you're playing against other good teams. I mean, it's not impossible that those teams will have bad luck, you know, in the playoffs There, you sneak through, maybe somehow you win your league. And then it doesn't look impossible at this point that Samuel and Swift will be back for the 15, 16, 17. And then suddenly maybe, you know, you have that upside again. One of the things that we do know, however, is that when players come back from injury, it can take a while before they're the same guy. We saw another low-scoring week this week from Saquon Barkley. We've got a lot of teams with him where I um, mean he's obviously not carrying those teams yet. We don't know if he ever will this season. Callum, it's also been just kind of a crazy year in terms of the injuries. We talk about this happening kind of every year. It does feel surprising in some ways when it happens as dramatically as it has done this year. Uh, you know, we do have Some guys like a Jonathan Taylor, like an Austin Eckler, like a Joe Mixon who are playing very, very well from that kind of late first to mid late second round range at running back. But when you look at Christian McCaffrey, when you look at Alvin Kamara, when you look at Dalvin Cook, obviously Derrick Henry having the amazing season and then is out. And you look at now at the situation with Ekel Elliott where the Cowboys are, are definitely going back and forth in the media about what they plan to do with him. But we have a situation that has a lot of parallels to the 2015 running back apocalypse, right? And especially when you think about Devontae Freeman coming through that season and being the RB1, you know, not completely out of nowhere. I mean, he's drafted in that 7-8 round range. But then you look at this year with where we are now, I mean, a 40-point performance changes your full season outlook in terms of where you are scoring-wise. When you look at where Fournette is now, when you look at where Patterson is, when you look at where Elijah Mitchell is, even having missed some of those games, and then you look at where James Conner is. I mean, James Conner is an RB1 on the season. And, I mean, this is this is the running back apocalypse all over again. And so, you know, we're seeing these guys just continue to get hit. We had guys who were interesting, like Cam Akers and Travis Etienne, go out before the season even starts. Now we have the other kind of big uh, second year star in Swift going out with the shoulder injury. We've had Clyde Edwards-Alaire miss a big chunk of the season. It didn't look like he was going to be a league winner either way, but we were robbed of seeing, you know, if he was going to make that move. So, I mean, this has been a crazy type of year and, you know, we get good and bad luck just like everybody else. It looked like We had a chance to have these super teams going into the fantasy playoffs. Probably no longer the case. You mentioned that it was a a rougher week. We knew that the ceiling was going to be lower because so many of the teams are built around Tyreek Hill and James Conner, both of those guys on the bye. You have to go through the bye. So that's, you know, that's all part of it. Uh, Jonathan Taylor teams will unfortunately go through the bye during the fantasy finals. And so if you get delivered to the finals and you have a good team, then you've got to be able to overcome that and win. It kind of brings me back around a little bit to this story that I told in the Monday article where the main event ship chasing team that Ben and I drafted with Pat and Pete, it had been kind of in the lead in points all season, was having a fantastic season, and then Kyler Murray gets injured at misses weeks, misses weeks, misses weeks. We never developed a good Replacement plan. One of the guys that we have, Taysom Hill, it now looks like he <laughs> will play, but didn't play during any of that stretch. Uh, so we just hemorrhaging points at QB all through that time period, and kind of going then into the last weekend. So you and I, I mean, you kind of told the story. What happened was we had a 51 point lead, and usually those are safe. At the same time, we know that I mean, one of the things that happens in fantasy is people go out there and score 205, 210 points, and you have your own down week, and so. You know, you've got to really get almost into the, you know, 115 range in terms of a lead to really feel like you have it. And even then, you know, it's it's possible that you could get hit right at the right at the line. We blew that lead; it ran down through the course of the day. Two of our fantasy nemeses in Adam Thielen and Leonard Fournette directly responsible for getting those. You know, congrats to those guys. That last run by Fournette killed me in a bunch of leagues. I'm like, just, <laughs> I mean, they're just trying to run out the clock, tackle in there, or, you know, Fournette go down, but obviously he's not going to go down. Um, Adam Thielen, uh, if Adam Thielen had a decent quarterback, he'd probably have a 30 touchdown season, right? I mean, you can't keep that guy <laughs> out of the end zone. It was kind of funny within the context of what was going on there, where Adam Thielen scoring touchdowns, scoring touchdowns, scoring touchdowns and. Justin Jefferson, by contrast, I mean, that dude was livid with Kirk Cousins. The uh, Rightly so. <laughs> well, I mean...
1: I I know like he, he's very good at catching the ball, but I don't think he can catch with his feet. Uh, I haven't seen him do that
2: yet. And you know that he's trying. I mean, he's not one of these guys who comes off like a jerk all the time. But when he's wide open for that two-point conversion that they needed and that ball is at his feet, and then on that final play of the game, again, when he's wide open and Cousins misses him, he's just like... <laughs> What are you doing? Anyway, I don't think it's scores touchdowns. We know that we know that, that happens. We finally lost our the the final portion of the lead when Justin Tucker racked up a huge number of points as a kicker on Sunday night football. Unfortunately, column R kickers scored basically no points throughout the, the weekend, which that's never ideal. But the team that we had with Pat and Pete, we had an 85 point lead over not for first right we were looking there basically at we had a chance to go first but also a chance to fall out of that so I mean one of the things that was so great about week 12 was that I've never been in a situation quite like this where I had so many chances to finish first and yet at the same time there was this nightmare scenario where you could finish out completely and out completely within the context of going in with a super team but then as Swift and all these guys start going down throughout the weekend you're like if I've got guys on the bye and then DeAndre Swift's not going to score any points then I mean, this could go. One of the things that we know is that an 85 to 90 point score is very possible. If your guys get hurt early in games, right? Very possible. And so (laughs) you're hoping to fight that off. And then Colin, this was absolutely crazy, right? So we, we kind of get to the point. We ended up losing for first, I think by, Five or six points. We weren't able to hold that off. We weren't going to be first. Um, but then, throughout the day, I'm like, you know, we could lose this 85 point lead because in the first wave of games, one of the teams chasing us got 44 from Fournette, 18 from Deontay Johnson, 27 and a half in Cordell Patterson, more than 24 from T. Higgins. They had the foresight to do our Cole Komet move for 18. Got 22 points from Nick Folk. You know you're living a charmed life when you're getting 22 points from Nick Falk, right? So you got this massive score brewing, and then in the second week, almost 30 points from Aaron Rodgers. This was one of the all-time great games I've seen Aaron Rodgers play. We've given him a really hard time about all of the shenanigans. We haven't. We should get him credit for.
1: I I said we haven't. Sean has. I think we'll just correct that. Sean has given him a hard time.
2: Column column is beside himself with with Roger shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) So we we get to this point here and it's coming down to the last couple of points. Uh, In the end, the Rams defense only scored three bail us out. Keenan Allen goes off. He's one of nine players who finished with 10 targets on the week. He goes seven eighty five and zero. The Broncos are able to run out the clock. We don't get a garbage time, or not necessarily a garbage time. We don't get that final drive from the Chargers. The clock runs out. We save the 85 point lead by three points. Our not direct opponent, but our, essentially our opponent scores 206. And Colin, the reason that they didn't catch us was because Christian McCaffrey scored three and a half points. And again, you know, you think of the different heartbreak that happens across the fantasy world every weekend, and and imagine having a 206-point performance when CMC only gives you three.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I was actually thinking about that from some of our results, and I was thinking, like, oh, that's this one is frustrating for us, this one's great for us, and things like that. And I was thinking, like, somebody else is, like, somewhere else in the world, (laughs) likely in America, saying... That's so unfair. Those guys like just pipped me at the post. And we're thinking like, you know, and, and it's to take that balance, I guess, and um, try and see it that way. We will talk to Sean about more of the ongoings of week 12 right after this.
0: Hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz Flagship Podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: You already mentioned Leonard Fournette. I mentioned his big kind of his big day, I guess, for the the Buccaneers forty four point one points in that game against Indianapolis. Sean, I hadn't really thought about it much this season. We've joked a number of occasions about you know the the one team that's gone well for us in our listener leagues is the one with Leonard Fournette. This was the first time where I really thought because that main event team and lots of my other rosters has uh, Ronald Jones on it, and I did think. How good would these teams be going if we, like, as much as we dislike Leonard Fournette, he is like getting all the work in this offense, getting all so many pass uh, targets. How, how would we be doing if we had just been all in on Leonard Fournette this year in our time machine?
2: Well, there's no, there's no like parallel universe. Yeah, you know, there's there. no
1: alternate timeline. I think that that would have happened, is there?
2: Right. So, I mean, you all look at time all timelines led
1: to, to Ronald Jones.
2: <laughs> yeah. All time. <laughs> all timelines led to Ronald Jones there. And yeah, I mean, you go back through and you, I mean, you want to focus on the things that you did well, because you know that you did a lot of things. Well, if almost all of your teams are winning uh, the final outcome there was that I was able to get four teams with either first or second place in the main event. I think all but one of those either first in record or first in points, and then one that finished third. And so to get five teams, into the playoffs. Very exciting. The four of those teams are directly into the 500K portion of it, right? So if you finish third, finish fourth, you've actually got to win to get in. So we have one team that has to do that. It's not a particularly strong team, so we'll see if it gets the the good luck of of making it. It was able to win this weekend 109.8 to 109.7. So one of the things that you want to do is choose your opponents wisely. But we know there are going to be some things that we're going to miss on. And, and one of the important things to do, and, and we, you and I have talked about this before on the show. We did a show earlier, uh, a couple weeks back, about our biggest misses of the season, which things that we thought were things that we would do the same way and which elements we thought were actual mistakes in analysis, because it can go both ways, right? I think the element here that's interesting is that Fournette has this hybrid ability and that if a team wanted to use him the way that the bucks have they could if they're willing to give up efficiency or this combination of talent and skill in, in both elements and so my thought on it was that you have a much better early down running back i mean ronald jones is a much better runner and then you have geo bernard who is probably a much better receiver although one of the things that's kind of interesting when you go through and look is that in this 2019 to 2020 time period, Fournette and Bernard were actually two of the very worst receiving backs in the entire NFL. And so maybe there was too much optimism about Bernard actually carving out the role there, right? But so the concern with Fournette would be that he's not very talented and he's going to get squeezed by both guys. So you're losing some of the high value touches in both directions. The flip side of that is that Fournette was the guy who could actually push out both of his competitors and could have this full role and could have this goal line role. He's a big back. Again, not very good, but within the context of a good offense. And so one of the things that we had looked at and and Ben and I drafted Najee Harris for one of our main event teams that's worked out. Although again, at this point, it doesn't really look like he has big ceiling for, you know, a playoff run, a run to half a million or what have you. Leonard Fournette is essentially Harris now in a good offense. And so one of the things that you have to be very aware of when you're drafting running backs is how is the offense going to allow the runner to maximize points? And so one of the things that we had with DeAndre Swift was this idea that, yeah, look, I mean, it's going to cause some problems in terms of goal line touches, but that's not really the thesis for Swift. He's probably one of the top two or three pass-catching running backs in the NFL. He's one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. He can break off these 50-yard touchdown runs, which we have seen on occasion there. And if Swift in the third, fourth-round turn can essentially be a bigger, more talented version of Austin Eckler, then that's a no-brainer. You don't necessarily need the good offense. The bad offense might actually help him. it might fuel some of these reception-based games, and we have seen that at certain points. The flip side of that is that depending on what the running back skill set is, then having a good offense will definitely help. One of the things that's been a little bit surprising this year, and it's really sort of accelerated with the absence of Antonio Brown, is that we've seen the Bucs get in close, and then they've used the running back. And so you have to kind of also understand the trends for the different teams. And we know that one of the things that's come out of the analytics in the past several years and has been really pretty definitive is that you have these teams down by the goal line. The most effective red zone teams are the ones who can run, right? And if you hand off there, if you have a running back who can score, we've seen that with the Arizona Cardinals the last several seasons, even when they had Kenyon Drake, who has a lot of limitations, going to score a lot of goal line and red zone touchdowns because of how Arizona runs their offense in there. Well, with the Buccaneers being high powered, with them giving – Fournette, a lot of chances. I mean, this one was was sort of heartbreaking in some of those ways where you know needed some Tom Brady points for one of those other leagues. And so when he has that sneak early and doesn't quite get in, you're like, oh, we're gonna get Leonard Fournette on this next play. And that's gonna be a huge swing of points. All right. So you win some, you lose some there. It'll be interesting to see if Antonio Brown comes back, what they're able to do. I mean, maybe I think where they just get down into the goal line handoff area even more often and so right now Leonard Fournette looks like the guy who could win you fantasy titles and sort of the contrast with Cordero Patterson is that while Patterson has magically been able to score touchdowns you have to be skeptical about that with how bad the Falcons offense is now when he's back part of it it's a lot different than the game you know where he's not there When we saw when they play without him that I mean, they can't do anything at all, right? Having that dynamic hybrid running back really changes what your offense can do. And so one of the things that we've seen, too, in terms of NFL trends is this ability of running backs who are elite receivers to change offenses in a way that sort of a run heavy back cannot. But it's been exciting to watch these guys. I know that you have a lot of Patterson that's got to be exciting for you as you sort of go through Uh, one of the things that was kind of interesting, I noticed last night that a bunch of the best ball teams that Blair and I drafted have moved into first place now with Antonio Gibson scoring. And so to have a high percentage of best ball teams in first place is a lot of fun. Again, I mean, it's it's been this just hilarious contrast between how our teams are doing in the listener leagues, where we were pushed off of really anything that the tools tell us to do. Right. I mean, Mike Beers built us these amazing. Best ball tools, they have the best ball workshop, and we have the roster construction explorers, and the listeners were just too good. They pushed us off of a lot of these positions. In the leagues where that was not the case, the intel from the RCEs has been fantastic and is again sort of fueled. I wouldn't say easy wins. I mean it's never an easy win, in fantasy. And you're you're looking at it and you're like, our guys have to stay healthy. You look at the best ball teams that are at the top, you look at the best ball teams at the bottom. Very different results in terms of health, but the roster construction explorers give you this huge advantage i mean you can basically double the win rate that you would otherwise get if you follow the recommendation of those tools
1: yeah and actually it's a good uh, thing to bring up on saturday's show this week we have got a a listener question where they've submitted a team which has been i would say plagued maybe has a word to use with injuries and throughout that team but using the the tools as you mentioned. that's a team that's actually still competing even with a number of those guys uh, that they drafted in, in the first ten rounds being out, but also because they have gone with you know a, a more uh, you know a more favorable roster construction based on the tools has uh, worked out quite well. So we'll be reviewing that a little bit on Saturday show. But Sean, I guess the other part just to mention here is it was really a week where injuries occurred. Injuries occur every week, but this week um, you know some of the superstars we were hoping to see have even even guys that aren't on a lot of our rosters this year. Um, unless you had early picks, you won't have Christian McCaffrey, but your dynasty rosters may have. then we also had Dalvin Cook. you mentioned Debo Samuel, you had DeAndre Swift. It was just a, a lot of injuries racking up this week and then when it goes into I guess the combined total of how the season has gone, we've had Barkley miss quite a chunk of the season with injury we have had Alvin Kamara miss the last three games with injury so lots of injuries not just at the running back position but um, the whole league in general unfortunately that then is going in towards um, those fantasy rosters so first we hope the players are you know able to stay healthy and get back recover soon but you know some of those can be longer terms like McCaffrey out for the rest of the season Dalvin Cook was in a lot of pain with that injury and it's always interesting sometimes to try and perceive injuries based on immediate reactions. We had DeAndre Swift, who on Thursday night or Thursday during the day went down and looked like pretty much instantly. He's he's out of this game, he's not gonna play on after that. But then we have you know Debo Samuel who is like on the sideline looking very happy, you know, you <laughs> being like the water boy spraying <laughs> water bottles the. And his teammates, uh, and things like that, so it's hard to know then, but it looks like he's going to be out for two weeks. But it felt like an injury where he knew like he has done that probably before, and he's like, Well, that's a tweak, and that's going to take a bit of time to heal. And so they played that one probably quite sensibly rather than you know putting them out there and then aggravating it. But the other part with injuries, Sean, sometimes for especially our fantasy teams, is injury luck. And you know, we have Swift and we have uh, Samuel who picked up injuries this week on that main event team. Obviously, we want to go ahead win that main event league championship, but I guess then there's also the luck if we don't know what's going to happen in the next two weeks, and there's a possibility come those three weeks that them two guys could potentially be back and, you know, and pretty healthy. I know you mentioned it, we never know when they come back if it's 100% healed or if they're going to get injured again, you know, so on and so forth, but it can sometimes work out as well, I guess, um, in your favour. So it's going to be interesting to see how the injuries will play out. We just have to to try and eke through these couple of weeks there's some leagues where i picked up some of those injuries and i went in uh early today just to kind of look at lineups and that and those leagues where you do have swift and then you also have the week 13 by with you know rogers and adams and some leagues and that they have i have one league uh super flex league where I was like oh Rogers is out this week I'll just you know switch him out for uh another option of quarterback uh oh, the other main option of quarterback's Ryan Tannehill so uh he's out this week as well um week thirteen by as well for the Titans so there's some scenarios like that there's leagues where AJ Dillon's out and you're like oh AJ Dillon's out who'll I put in uh Christian McCaffrey's injured now so you know I might put in Chuba Hubbard uh oh, the Panthers are on by in week thirteen. So there's a lot of leagues like that where you're you're kind of trying to figure out where you're going to fill in those spots but hopefully we can we can patch it together this week uh anyway to see how we get on if we can advance into those championship rounds over the ffpc it's all to play for then as you say some some weeks it's almost choosing those opponents correctly
2: (laughs) it is it is i mean it's it's harder to choose your opponent correctly in the semi-finals yeah that's also hard (laughs) usually they're better but you know still one of one of you look at the other three teams there's always a chance that uh two of them will score 180 and one of them will score 105 because they get unlucky you want that one (laughs) so hopefully we'll we'll get that kind of luck there's uh, always luck a part of it and i do uh, i mentioned in the article there was as watching one of the later episodes or one of the later seasons of archer uh, which aren't as strong obviously as the early one but they're in the, his dreamscape and out there in you know so he has the multiple seasons where he's in a coma and so then they're very fanciful tales of things that are going on so they're you know basically out in space doing different things and and he's getting criticized for using up all his air when they're out on one of the planets and if he runs out then obviously he will suffocate to death and he, he tells Lana that we'll cross that bridge when we never get to it because it doesn't exist. Things tend to work out for Starling Archer. They tend to work out for RVOT and fantasy because we're lucky because we enjoy what's going on either way and because we build the deep teams column. Every time during the draft, people say, how are you going to play that guy? Do you have a lot of teams this week where you're like, I've got a top 10 player and I just I don't know how to work him into the lineup
1: this week I feel like less than I did last week because just some of the injuries that picked up if if we had a situation where Debo was healthy this week I do think that main event team would have been interesting because we had Tyreek Hill on the bye last week I I guess we would have took him in for one of those Uh, we did start two tight ends last week but there's some teams like that where there is a lot of depth but unfortunately that depth is getting kind of chipped away at but the key is the depth is there that allows you to still start players that you're confident in having those points rather than, you know, putting yourself in a predicament where you're kind of grasping at straws. So I, I do think that having that depth throughout the season has allowed us to get into this particular position across those rosters. And I mentioned it, you mentioned it with the the tools and we talk a lot about roster construction, but I think that's a huge part of it is, is being able to cope with those injuries because we all know those inevitable injuries are going to happen. Uh, sean before we do wrap up the other thing you did touch on that i wanted to head on on today's show was you mentioned in the article you mentioned a moment ago about Aaron Rodgers and and his performances uh well you mentioned this particular performance but over the last couple of weeks i think this packers offense has started to really evolve um i mentioned the injuries as well i didn't mention Aaron jones who returned from his injury which i thought they would have probably held him out to after the bye which is this week he was kind of limited in the performance big game from A.J. Dillon and and that kind of opportunity but the Packers offense really rounded into into shape a lot more um, efficient in terms of how they're playing and we talked about it a number of times this offseason and into the season and MVS has been injured um, for a good portion of the season but I do think his threat really does start to open things up for the Packers but you mentioned in the the article that rogers is in the midst of another mvp season i think it's going to be tricky for him with uh the covid scenario that did take place i think in terms of votes maybe to get him over the line unless he just plays incredible from here on out but there's nobody really putting themselves into that mvp conversation so i think he's he's definitely in there but i think that could be something that's you know a factor that holds him out but um, he has rolled this season in terms of a, a quarterback one I often say that he's you know a better real life quarterback than fantasy quarterback but this season so far um, he's had over 50% of his games now after this past week as a wider or a QB1 sorry um, and he's only had one game which was week one where he's been less than a QB2 um, been very efficient but this offense and, and Devontae Adams I think is going to obviously continue to play a major role in it but I think those teams with, you know, Rodgers, Adams, Stacks, if they can get through this week in terms of those best ball tournaments, and I think if you have them in season long, I think those teams are going to play a huge part down the stretch because I think the Packers are going to continue to put up points. I was messaging uh, Pat Fitzmaurice, who's a, a good buddy of mine as well, fellow Packers fan. Don't know if I should say this out loud, but I did say to him that anything less than the one seed at this point feels like... It's going to be a disappointment for this Packers season and i think if they get the one seed they need to get over that nfc hump it's very hard to get back to championship games the packers have done it back to back years got annihilated by the 49ers one time and then obviously lost last year to the the buccaneers but feels like they're in a position now where they should be pushing on but i, I do think um the packers players for those on fantasy rosters are going to are going to really help here over the, the next five or six weeks in terms of playoff points.
2: Well, uh, Colm talking about the MVP, obviously last year it should have been Patrick Mahomes. but
1: I Strongly disagree, but continue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, the best player on the best team is the MVP, right? And so, I mean, that looks like James Conner right now
1: yeah well he's he's at the minute he's lined up to be the fantasy mvp at the moment but yeah um it was interesting mentioning james connor i know we talk about him probably more than we should but at this point he has had enough sustained success over the season that deserves to be mentioned even though he didn't play this week with the bye week but uh it was interesting the number of the rosters that i have dipped from first place into second place so you mentioned the teams there but being honest and i've said it all season long so much of my teams are relying on those James Conner points so not a surprise there and um, so we'll we'll see that bounce back this week moving forward but
2: you can probably still get some pretty good odds on James Conner as the NFL MVP if you want to bet in that direction
1: I I think I also don't think that's going to happen so I'll, I'll keep my money for <laughs> for that for that purpose but uh hopefully he he brings me some of those uh those best ball checks um at the end of the season but Sean uh, I do think that's i honestly do think that rogers will be the the best player at the end of the season but i think there'll be some way that he doesn't get the mvp based on the narrative around it is probably what what's going to happen but some of the throws he made this past week you mentioned again in the article you know in terms of breaking the laws of physics there's just some of the plays and you know just unbelievable unbelievable stuff it's a it's a joy to to watch him sometimes i feel like it's you know, it's always going to be this with football players when they're playing, but it feels as a Packers fan like it's like it's like sand running through an hourglass, and you know that the end of the season he's probably heading, <laughs> heading somewhere else. So uh, the time's ticking down. So hopefully it ends up successfully for the team. But we'll leave it there, Sean, for today's show. Um, we'll be back again on Thursday with another one. We'll have one on Saturday as well, just to let the listeners know because I know there's a big crossover between this and stealing bananas, Sean and Ben had their sunday recap show that came out on monday uh, head on back and listen to that if you haven't already checked it there will be a slightly alternate schedule throughout the rest of december and into the off season with stealing bananas uh, it will likely continue to be two shows a week and that will mean that the recap show will not take place with the rest of the schedule will stay pretty much the same i would highly recommend to subscribe to the stealing bananas podcast feed that way you get all the shows once they come out get to listen to them instantly um and, and that will be my recommendation there to get them as soon as possible because they are must listen every single time and with that that is today's show hopefully you will join us again on Thursday if you are a podcast listener and haven't signed up for a rodoviz nfl pass we touched on some of the tools today of course you can get access to all of that and get yourself a 10% bonus with the code rv radio2021 at checkout or you can go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter and over to Maryland, my co-host is sean siegel and of course check out sean's work up on rotoviz.com including the piece we talked through on today's show and until we're back on thursday have a good one